Welcome to the Inspiring Humans podcast. We are so happy to have you listening. My name is Stephanie Willard, and this podcast is a platform to showcase the incredible human spirit. On this podcast, I'll be interviewing people from all over the world and all walks of life who will be sharing with us their personal dreams and their dreams for the future. I believe that through coming together and creating community, incredible things are possible. In fact, anything is possible. And I hope that this podcast is a launch pad for creating the new world that we want to see that will have humanity free, thriving and living in their full self-expression. It's my absolute pleasure to interview Andrew Morello today on the Inspiring Humans podcast. Welcome, Andrew. Thanks, Steph. Great to be here. Appreciate your time as well. So before I throw to you to give us a bit of a snapshot of your epic life, I'd love to just mention something that I saw in your bio, which was, um, you know, that you're passionate about helping people make the most of their precious lives. And indeed, our lives are so precious, you know, every day is so precious. And uh, you would know that more than ever, because you've just had a newborn baby. I have indeed. (laughs) Lion Mane Morello. Yes, that's what I've named him. Correct. (laughs) <laughs> How exciting and what an epic name. Yes. So, uh, so give us a little bit of a snapshot. You, you are such an entrepreneur. Just give us a bit of a snapshot of what you've been involved in and what you're currently involved in. Yeah, so it, it's interesting. And, and I know you're in my hometown, Melbourne, today, and I'm in, uh, I've still got my, my home there, but I'm in my Sydney property today. And it's interesting um, that whenever I talk to someone that's from any ponds, I actually, and in, in these sort of circumstances, or even not being recorded, I always explain to them that my career actually started on the corner of Pascoval Road and Buckley Street in Mooney Ponds. And for a lot of people that aren't, you know, I'm sure people listen to this globally, I know of the amazing works you've done internationally. And so they're probably thinking, I don't know what, what Mooney Ponds is, I don't know what that means, but it was an interesting and colourful place when I grew up there. It's, it's a lot more gentrified now and the medium house prices are 1.5 to $2 million. But when I was growing up there, it wasn't, it wasn't the, uh, the cool AFL footballer hangout place that it is now. So um, once upon a time, I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old on the corner of Pascoval Road and Buckley Street, Mooney Ponds, starting my, my business career at my father's service station. And uh, for those who are listening that are old enough to remember Amico, my father was an Amico once upon a time in 1971, you know, uh, when they first opened up and then became a, a BP when Amico was bought out by British Petroleum. And um, everything I learned there, Steph, I have then, you know, taken those core values, those core ethics, those core um, missions and, and, and visions, and I've then implemented it into every business I've ever had. Um, so um, my father certainly was a hard taskmaster, task master, but it was very rewarding in the medium to long term because obviously it set a really good pace for the rest of my life. And being 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 years old during your school holidays, doing a 6, 7 a.m. start till a 10 o'clock at night finish and thinking that it was child labour for $5 a day, it paid off in the long run because I took that, started my first sort of um, entrepreneurial feel, which was I, I got a government grant when I was 14, 15 years old from the local council, Mooney Valley Council, and they funded me into running this youth events, drug and alcohol-free youth events, which was great. And then uh, at 18, moved into the property sector with what's now called Jealous Craig, which is one of your local um, agencies. Um, and then uh, off the back of that, was very, very lucky to, out of 10,000 people, then to be selected top 100 in Victoria, top 100 in Australia, 
top 12 onto the Apprentice television show with Mark Burris that's just been re-released now with uh, Alan Sugar from the UK. Um, so speaking to a lot of people and getting picked up for all these little interesting events now, Apprentice Challenge events. They're wheeling in the first ever Apprentice and then won that and then hence ended up with uh, Mark Burris with the Yellow Brick Road business for the last 10 years. Still a shareholder in that, still do some advisory there with some of those branches, opened up 135 stores nationally, internationally. Um, and then uh, bought shares in a company called The Entourage. I was one of their first investors 11 years ago with Jack Delozzo, another amazing human being. And um, and now, yeah, Jack and I are very, very lucky. We travel around Australia currently. We were doing international. I think we're going to do New Zealand shortly, though, um, speaking to amazing entrepreneurs and business owners about our Accelerate and Elevate program taking them to the next level so they can go from six figures to seven, seven figures and seven figures to eight figures and beyond. That's sort of, that's, I've tried to do it as in short of a snapshot as possible. There's been a lot of amazing, good, bad and ugly things in between. And, uh, and I've appreciated all of those uh, trials and tribulations as well, because they've made me who I am at 35 today. Amazing. Yeah, thanks. That was a great snapshot. And um, I remember seeing you ages ago at an event and just, you were very um, personable and you're very, it's very easy, I think, for people to relate to you. You're very much about people and you've got a great attitude and you know positive vibe so what what do you think has um obviously you know all of the things that you've done but where do you think those values were instilled was it your father's business or how did you I, I actually think it was my mother I think think so my mother had a very tough life Steph and I know you've done work with some amazing women uh nationally and internationally so and I know you've got a big passion for you know supporting uh, you know the independence of women and, and empowering them and empowering great feminine energy. Uh, and I'm a big supporter of feminine energy. One would argue from the life coaches and business coaches and advisors I've worked with in that spiritual space, would argue that I'm a masculine feminine energy, which I didn't take it as a compliment when they first told me, but then I got taught exactly what that meant, which is a, a major positive in this way of life. And that's obviously come from being around matriarchal women. So I was very, very lucky to be around my mother. Um, she sadly passed away last year during COVID. So when COVID happened, my mother passed away and I had a baby all in 12 months. So it's uh, it's been quite a 12 months and, and a lot of challenging moments. And we had our first Mother's Day without my mother, but my sister, who has now taken over that matriarchal role in my subconscious and conscious and certainly within my family nucleus. Um, she's the general manager of the Jealous Craig Foundation, raised over $4 million for charity all around the world. So the reality is is that um, I had was very, very lucky. Grew up with this matriarchal mother, Difficult childhood, um, you know, came on a boat in 1956 from Italy to Port Melbourne PR, moved out to Beveridge. So if you're not from Australia or you're not from Victoria, you can Google Beveridge. It's far. It's very far. So out in a very remote area, worked on a farm back then. What the Italians would do is rich Italians would sponsor you out and you would have to work on a farm during the day to pay them back. And then you would work at night in a factory, manufacturing, so you could make enough money so you could buy your own piece of land and then have a farm. You know, there was no Centrelink. There was no government assistance. There was no public housing. It was like you either did it or you didn't or you died. And um, and it, it, bred, it, bred, it bred magnificence. Like, you know, I, I totally, you know, we live in the greatest country in the world, the land of opportunity, Australia. I'm a big supporter of our refugee program. I'm a big supporter of our migrant program. Um, I'm a big believer in, in, in helping people, but at the same time, I believe in a hand up, not a hand out. And my mother really embodied that. And um, 
she was probably one of the most, if not, I suppose I'm allowed to say this, the most amazing woman I ever knew. And uh, she she had went through all this tough period. Her mother died when she was seven. She had the evil stepmother come out from Italy, you know, for the rest of her life. Her father died building VFL Stadium. So for those who are, AF, who are AFL fans, you know, before AFL, there was VFL. It's a stadium in Mount Waverley in Victoria. And my grandfather would die, um, got buried alive building VFL Stadium. Uh, he got in a mudslide. So very dramatic life. Meets my father, you know, also came on a boat in the 1950s from Sicily in Italy. Um, you know, he, knight, knight in shining armour. was just an absolute gentleman and wonderful father, wonderful husband. And they were madly and deeply in love for 50 years until she passed away last year from dementia. Yeah. So that's where I get it from. It's definitely my mother. My father was a great role model uh, around work ethic, but my father, um, which I'm sure if there's any Europeans watching, he's not like, you know, it's it's weird watching him say to his grandson, I love you, because he, 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 he I didn't quite get, my dad's love language, for those who don't know love languages, that's your homework off the back of this. My dad's love language is active service. So he worked, six, seven days a week, 20 hour days, so we could have a better future. Sent us to, you know, good schools and, you know, and, and told, never gave us any money, but told us we could do anything. So when I said I wanted to run underage dance parties when I was 15, most fathers would have gone, no way. And he's like, okay, how are you going to do it? And I, he made me go make a budget. And I went to the budget thinking he was going to give me the money. And then I showed, <laughs> excuse me, I showed him the, the little one page budget I written with gray lead online paper from St. Monica's Moody Ponds. And he's like, okay, so I needed about $9,000 to get it started. And he's like, okay, so we're gonna get the nine grand from, I'm like, you? And he's like, no. So uh, once again, a little bit of firm but fair love and uh, great role models. And that's just forced me to go out and and, uh, and, and make magic happen. Mm, that, that's awesome. And there's, um, you know, a hand up, not a hand out. I, that is such a, an important philosophy, I think, you know, in, in um, parenting or in helping, you know, people that, you know, everyone wants to make a difference and yep. help other people, I think. And just, you know, how to go about that is really important, I think, because yes. I've, you know, in my career as well, seen uh, um, it going pear-shaped a lot where you can, you know, if, the, if you're not honouring the ability in the people that you're trying to help, you're not yes. really doing them a service. So, uh, and I love your homework, the five love languages uh, online. Uh, it, it's so interesting because, you know, we are all different. And I just, I remember doing that quiz online, you know, to find out my love languages and there's, you know, physical touch and acts of service and I forget the other ones. Um, uh, words of affirmation. Words um, of affirmation. Yeah, this, I, I, I read the book literally, ironically, and I, I should thank, you know, my one of my ex-partners for this. Um, so I read the book 10 years ago. You know, she, she pulled it out. She's like, you need to read this. And I was like, okay. And she said it in quite a forceful way. My, what I've learned in life coming from a matriarchal family is if the woman says to do something, you do it. So my mum said I had to do something, I did it. But when I have obviously had my uh, partners over the years, I've always listened to what they told me to do. And it was great. It's, 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 it, it certainly, it's helped me not just in, in, in romantic relationships. I, I want to make it clear to people that it's not about that. It's understanding how people actually re relate. So the irony is it's, it's quite similar to a, like a disc profile, like a personality test. And a lot of people will do that in business 
but they won't do it in their personal lives. So I'm like, you know, well, okay, well then we should have something that, that we can understand our partners. And just because your dad, and, and then intergenerational, um, you know, um, healing. Like, you know, like there's a whole bunch of people that are just angry at their mom and dad because their dad didn't know how to say I love you. And I'm like, and I was one of those people, right? And I've spent a lot of time, money, energy, effort on, you know, shamans and priests and coaches and life, you know, and, and you know, I don't even ask. It's a long story, but I have a, I have a rabbi. I even, I'm not even Jewish, but I have a rabbi. I live in the Jewish center of Sydney, which is Rose Bay and Bellevue Hill and Dover Heights. And I do volunteer work with Jewish Care Australia. And I've got, I, I speak at the Israeli, um, Australia, Israeli Chamber of Commerce event uh, with Malcolm Turnbull and, and a few of the other um, non-Jewish speakers. Um, and so, you know, the reality is it's like, I've gone and spent the time, energy and effort getting the healing, but that book and uh, the online quiz if you want to do the quick quick version, you know, to understand it, and uh, was 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 very enlightening for me. Like I realized at that point, I don't I don't need my dad to say I love you. And he, it's funny, he said an interesting comment the other day, which I think is like a little bit of truth in every backhanded comment that people make, right? And he's like, just so you know, I love him more than you now. And I was like, and I was like, you know what? That's fine. I, I don't mind as long as you're loving somebody. And obviously, off the back of mum passing. Um, he's got two two grandchildren that are a bit older now that are at Loretta Mandeville in Melbourne. My nieces, you know, number two rower in Australia. So you've got plenty to be proud of there. And then you've got my um, my sister and I had a baby at the same time. So it's Luna Willow and Lion Mane. And they're going to be three <laughs> cousins. They're going to be going out partying around the world together. People aren't going to believe that it's their real names, but they are. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, they're going to think they're just making them up. But... <clears throat> Correct. Uh, that's that's funny. Yeah. Well, I I think you know the beauty about the understanding, you know, each other and ourselves as humans is, uh, I mean, this human experience is so interesting and fascinating. And there's a lot of talk, you know, online in the spiritual communities and and you know outside of them about letting go, just letting go of the crap, the the yes. conditioning that we've, you know had stuck on us from the past that, you know, influences our behaviour if we're not aware of it, but bringing that into our awareness and kind of going, wow, that's not me, that's actually not my true nature, which is, you know, love, bliss and joy and happiness. It's just stuff that's happened. That's So, um, you know, I think the love languages uh, or tools like that allow us to bring the best out in others as well, yeah. in understanding them. And that's what it's about. Like how can we draw the best out in everyone that is around us, including ourselves by just, um, yeah, just almost kind of just, you know, I mean, I'm a truth seeker. So I've always wanted to know, um, understand the world, understand myself. Like yeah. you know, have, why have, I'm, you, have you read The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz? Have yeah, it's yeah a great... that's, that's that's everyone else's other bit of homework. The Four Agreements by Dom Miguel Ruiz is just, I think I, I also read that. I think that was also a different ex girlfriend that put me onto that one. But I, <laughs> um, uh, at least you know the quality of women that have been around me my whole life. You know, actually, it, it's some one of them actually worked it out. She said the challenge you've got is you've had an amazing mother, then an amazing sister, and I've got an amazing sister in law as well. Right? So like you look at these Morello women. Um, you know, my sister-in-law helps run the Jealous Craig business. She's like, she's a superstar. Like when I <clears throat> when I met her years ago, I met her at the same time with my brother. I actually kind of introduced her to my brother, ironically. Or we we're all at a party and I met her and her twin sister. And, and I'm like, they're like, oh, you're great. If only you were 10 years older. And I'm like, wait one second. 
And I ran outside and I'm bringing my brother back in. I said, this is me and Tanya's time. And that's how my brother met his wife. 12 months later, married, engaged, married, moved in, pregnant. So like, I was like, you know, I was like, wow, I did that. And 20 years later, I'm still married, beautiful woman. And, and, and one of, you know, um, you know, one of my, my past uh, partners, she, she actually said it's, it's, it's actually a challenge for you because you've been surrounded by such amazing women that you, to find someone who's going to, you know, inspire you enough to, to want to be great. And, and it was great, but at the same time, I also knew the pressure that put on my partners at the time, which was very, very sad because I didn't feel that way. Like, obviously, if I, um, you know, was, was in, in, you know, life partnership with somebody, I loved them for them. It was never about, okay, I was trying to, I didn't have some, subconscious psychoanalysis going on trying to replace her with my replace my mother with that person but but often they felt that pressure they're like you know to the to the point where one actually said to me once it's too hard to be a morello and i'm like what does that mean and she's like well your sister's doing this and your mum's doing this and your sister-in-law's doing this and i said but nobody expects you to do that that's the pressure that you know and you work a lot with with women globally it's the pressure that women put on themselves i think men don't have the um, the, the 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 bandwidth to worry about that sort of stuff. It's like they're so busy being like, this is the one thing I need to do right now. They're so um, you know compartmentalized that they don't think, and we, which is a benefit sometimes. Like I think you know ignorance is bliss sometimes. You look at some of the, the great things men have done, and I look at them, and they're like, terrible family lives, terrible um, you know personal lives, but then they're great in business. Or I look at the other way around where they're terrible in business, terrible with their money, but they're wonderful fathers. You know, like, you know, I, I, one, one of my partners was, had an ex-husband and they had two kids and and he was a terrible guy. Like, as in like, he couldn't get his shit together, but he was an amazing father. And I said to her, like, it should always whinge and complain about, you know, how bad he was. And I said, well, maybe he's not bad. Maybe his job in life is just to be a great father. So then your son and daughter can go and have a great life. Like maybe he was never supposed to be a good husband or a great businessman or be able to provide for you financially. Like maybe that wasn't his calling in the universal nature that, that's going on. And she was like, I never really thought of it like that. I said, well, of your own admission, you said how much of an amazing father he is. He's there every week, week in, week out. He picks him up, drops him off, takes him to sport, comes and sees him in the morning, sometimes even 10 minutes if he knows they've got an important um, uh, test on or they're playing into school sports or something, then he can't go because he's got work, but he makes sure he's there. I said, I think, you know, he wanted to meet me straight away, like obviously because I was going to be around his children. And I look at that and I go, well, maybe him being a great father is his role to play. You know, there's a lot of great businessmen out there that are terrible fathers. Remember that. There's a lot, a lot of, not that I'm religious anymore, but I grew up going to church. I'm more spiritual now. And they, um, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad people that go to church on Sunday. You know, people go, oh, but he goes to church every Sunday. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean it makes you a good Christian or a good human being. Like you could be, you could be partying all weekend, including your Sundays, but during the week, you change people's lives. I mm -hmm. said, I don't think God or the universe or Allah or Buddha or there is up there watching you and going, you need to do this X, Y, Z. I think, I think it's in, in general, you need to be a good person and try and change people's lives every day. Yeah. Um. Wow, there's a lot in what you just said, and I'm trying to remember the different points. <laughs> the first one, I'm trying like... To, trying to disseminate it all. First one I said was that men are yeah, dumb yeah. and women are smart. That was the first thing I said. Yeah. 
<laughs> no, just one of the things was, you know, that comparative thinking that you just mentioned through the example of, you know, a partner, I can't be like, that is so useless for humans to compare ourselves to others. Like it is just a complete waste of energy and time because we are so unique where, you know, our stories are unique, our life experiences are unique. And as you just mentioned, our, um, you know, our purpose in life, then you might find some poor bloke <laughs> in in a corporate job that is not you know that's not making his heart sing but no. for whatever reason he's in corporate and he's you know when he should be out on the land you know doing in his in his workshop mate on the tools so it's just um that's a really awesome way that you kind mm -hmm. of allowed was it your sister to to see that differently or, or whoever it was no, um, it wasn't my sister I just make it clear it wasn't my sister it was somebody else it was a past partner and my sister will probably watch this this will be right up her alley so it wasn't oh. my sister she's a she's got a great husband he's a good all-rounder he's a good UK boy but it was um oh look the past partner will probably watch this as well at some point if I post it on my social so you know I'll probably cop it from somebody but that's okay it is what it is but but it was, a, it was a reality, and it's and it's a it's a conversation that we have to have not with each other, but also with ourselves. Like and I, we all, I, I mean, we all we we've all we've all done it, and you know we all do it at times. So it's it's not like you know, uh, but it is. I mean, I I my personal beliefs is there is a divine plan for all of us, and it's it's how able we are to um, tune into it, you know, and to to almost kind of. You know, get ourselves out of the way, yeah. and um, you know, our thinking, for example, is so crucial and critical. But we're never taught, you know, how to think, how to think to serve ourselves and our lives, and how to really, you know, encourage ourselves. If we are going to think, you, yeah. use thoughts as tools, you know, yes. to, to support ourselves. Uh, so yeah, I just think that it's interesting you say that because um, it's 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 also. Um, tuning into you, you know your divine plan and you know you, whether it's God or the universe what they have in store for you but then also to execute on it so like the thing that breaks breaks my heart is um I meet some amazing people and they tell me about all these amazing things they're doing and then I see them like at a you know they might have been at the you know I, I speak at the Luminosity Youth Summit every year in Port Macquarie you know I've been doing it the last 10 next year's the 10 year anniversary the last nine years um, and there's amazing people I meet that come along to that, and they're all about changing the face of youth in Australia. You know, getting making sure kids don't dry ice and making sure this happens, making sure that happens. And then what happens is they get caught up in the bullshit, and they they get in their own way, as you mentioned before. And the sad thing is, is that I see them like three years later. I'm like, oh my god, how's that project going? Like, you know, tell me about it. And they're like, yeah, it didn't, it didn't work out because we couldn't get it off the ground or we couldn't get funding. Or, and I, I'm like, well, sometimes I think you were, like, I feel like saying to them, well, I felt like you were kind of convoluting it. Like, you know, sometimes it's like, okay, my purpose is to help young people for the sake of the conversation. So why don't I just start with my local school? You know, why don't I go and volunteer and do something there and see if I can, you know, any fringe kids I can... You know, sit, you know, offer some mentorship for, right? So great, do that. And then if you've got time or somebody really likes what you're doing or you've got the now sort of the means financially or, or, or energetically to do it, then try a second school, then a third school, and then maybe try the state and then maybe try starting a national program. But like what happens is people get this vision 
or this you know divine plan and then i said to him but like maybe the divine plan was to change one person's life you know and if you change like his father being a good father he's changing two people's lives now those it's a compounding effect you change two people's lives they change two each now we got six people man they change two each whatever it might be and then all of a sudden we got 12 12 turns to 24 24 turns to 50 you know so um I think execution is important. You know, I think like you're executing, like, you know, you're doing things, you know, you, you obviously you're not being able to travel internationally right now, but I'm sure you're still growing your community. You're speaking to people like me. And I'm sure this is a way for you to engage and interact with your community. So that way there's often times that, you know, maybe right now we can't take people to what some, you know, developing nation and, and, and see the trials and tribulations that put into perspective and inspire and motivate us, inspire and motivate us to then go and do great. Maybe we can't do that right now, but we can still do it at this level. We can still communicate with them. We can still be there to answer questions and offer support, and we can do it at a local level. You know, I think that's what last year taught us, right? Like I was stuck in Melbourne, you were too, um, and my mum was passing away, and I could have chosen to just hide from the world, but like I thought. I'll get on Zoom. I'll talk to our, our, our entrepreneurial community. I'll talk to, I did, you know, I was doing one of these pretty much every day while my mum was dying. Like, so you would think I could sit there and go, well, my mum's dying. It's a good enough excuse to just throw my hands up in the air and give up on everything. But I went, well, and maybe that's more motivation. Like my mother wouldn't have let me do that. My, if my mother was, was well, she would have been like, what are you doing today? Who, whose life are you changing? What activity are you doing? What sport are you playing? What public speaking event are you going to? Like, you know, she would, you know, I'd see her checking my social media, liking shit at two in the morning. And I'd string her the next day and I'd be like, what are you doing on Facebook at two in the morning, mum? Like, I'm still up because I've finished speaking to her. Then I'm off partying now, right? So I, I see it just liked by Pauline Morello, liked by Pauline Morello. I'm like, what are you doing at two in the morning? She's like, I just like to catch up on where you are in the world. It's very beautiful. What a legend. Yeah. What a le yeah. And, you know, I think... Um, when you were talking about, you know, catching up with people that had an idea later and it, it's so, I mean, I hear a lot of different people speak and I'm sure everyone does, you know, in, uh, online and all the rest of it, but it's so common for when people are telling their stories to mention that one person inspired them to do this or one person said, why don't you do this and created an opportunity or a platform for them to actually step into that and, you know, ignite that flame in them. And I think, you know, the next step on from that is, to to be around like-minded people for people, be supportive people, you know, to to help them to flower and to flourish. Um, so so crucial, and uh, maybe you know people don't have enough of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is why we started the entourage. Like you know, when when Jack and I um, kicked that off, we were like, <clears throat> how old were we? Thirty-five now, so 20, 24, 24 We both were, and he's a bright and boy. Um, but he didn't come from a wealthy family. His parents were in social enterprise and philanthropy and so forth. Um, and like, it was because we felt like we were odd. Like if a lot's happened in, in 11 years in the entrepreneurial space, like back then you were still being told when you finished school, like you need a degree, right? And so both Jack and I don't have degrees in something. And then obviously when I got to Sydney, we didn't actually know each other in Melbourne. So what happened was I got to Sydney, won The Apprentice, got to Sydney, and and our mutual friend Bo Chase, ironically, by the Bo, probably his big wife will probably definitely watch this and be right up her early Emma. And she, you know, he goes, You need to meet my mate Jack. So 
So I'd grown up with Bo in, in Essendon. He was from, we were all from the wrong side of the Yarra. So we, we, we grew up in Essendon being the troublemakers that would go to Bayside. And so he ended up knowing Jack. And then he's like, you two need to meet each other. And we met each other and it was like love at first sight. It was like, you know, the Adams, the Adams split. And then we started just meeting every once a month in Melbourne and Sydney in my jealous Craig office in, in Melbourne, in Kensington and my um, Yellow Brick Road office in Sydney. And people would just come and come and sit with us. And it started with like five people in each state. And it went to 15 and 50. And now we've got thousands. We've had over 400,000 people go through some sort of a program, a day, a, 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 a course or whatever it might be. And we've got members in 11 countries now. So like all of a sudden, it's like you look back on those 11 years and uh, and you look at the, the people we've met and the, the movement we've try, tried to create. And people always say to me, what do you think is the most important part about entrepreneurialism? And I said, or they actually, they said to me, why, what, like, why are you doing all this, right? Like, you know, you, you've probably missed out on a lot of your life and I don't look at it that way, but they look at it that way. And I said, well, Andrew Morello wants to make lots and lots of money to pay other people really, really well to do the things he doesn't want to do so he can do more things he loves doing with the people that he loves. And so like I went, I've gone on that mantra my whole life, right? And if you, you do that and you do it with a values-driven, heart-filled and heartfelt way, what's often happened is people have just gone, shit, I want to be a part of that. Like, so like, how do I become a part of that movement? And then they've embodied that. I've had people say to me, can I steal that? And I'm like, mate, type it up, print it up, put it in your, in your office, put it in your lounge room, wherever you, you need it. But yeah, if you need to make lots of, if you want to make lots and lots of money, is that the reason why you started a business? You want to make lots and lots of money for other people really, really well, so you can do the things that you, you know, you, you love doing with the people you love. Picking up your kids from school, dropping them off, going to, you know, becoming your your son or daughter's soccer coach or, or footy coach, or whatever it might be. Like, if that's, if your dad wasn't able to do that or your mum wasn't able to do that and you really feel like that's something you're being called to, then do that. You know, like this morning I got to wake up and play with my son. Like, you know, like my dad didn't have the luxury of doing that. You know, this weekend, you know, last weekend we, we he's been, he's 10 weeks old, by the way, and he's been on eight flights already, right? So like, you know, we, we flew to Melbourne, we flew to Sunshine Coast, we're visiting family. Like he's, my, I went on my first flight when I was 16 years old on my own to go to Queensland to get my license. Don't tell anyone, because you could get it at 17 there. And we had property there, so I went up there. And once again, my dad didn't say no. Like, this was great parenting. Like, I, I was 16 years old. <coughs> I got my owls in, in, in Broadmeadows in Melbourne. And then I go to my dad, I'm going to go to the Gold Coast and get my, my peas at, at 17. And he's like, how are you doing that? I said, well, there's a loophole. You've got property there. I can say that I live there. And he's like, you reckon they're going to let you do that? I said, whether they let me or not, I'm doing it. And my dad didn't say no. It's a good parenting. Like, he didn't go, no, you're not allowed to do that. He said, how are you going to do it? And you show me how you're going to do it. And I, I pulled my own money out, bought my own ticket, you know, organised to stay with family up there. And my dad's like, all right, go for gold. And I came back and I rang him and I said, I said, do you want the good news or the bad news? I'm on the 15th of March on my 17th birthday. He goes, give me the bad news. The bad news I got is I got my motorbike licence as well. And he goes, what's your good, good news? I said, I got my car licence. He goes, do you want the good news or the bad news? And I said, what is it? He goes, you know that car you bought for 1500 bucks from your godbrother, your Nissan Pulsar, 1986 Pulsar? I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, I sold it. And I said, it's terrible. 
He goes, yeah, well, I thought it was there. I'll put a for sale sticker on it. We'll see if I can make you some money. And I said, how much did you sell? He goes, well, do you want the good news? And I said, what is it? He goes, I sold it for three and a half grand. He goes, you made two grand on your first car. He goes, don't most people lose money on cars? You've just you've just made money. And I said, that's pretty good. And then we went and bought another car the following week. So that's my father. He, you know, he taught me good, good, solid, salt of the earth, foundational shit that, you know, and, that, that, that yeah. some, some dads don't do, right? So. And, you like, know, outside the square as well, which I think, you know, I don't, I'm not sure about you, but there is such a lack of that today i think you know that that critical thinking and that questioning and that kind of that's why i love ireland ireland is my favorite country in the world and i'm hoping you know praying to to god that it hasn't changed um you know because i think countries are changing a lot during the last 12 period but that's why like i i felt my feeling every time i you know i lived in ireland a few times as well um during the last kind of decade but i loved that human approach and it was like you know, even the authorities, if it made more sense, if it was more human for, for someone to break the rules, they'd be like, yeah, yeah, like they'd, they'd have that sense of mischief, mischief in them and and you'd be able to, you know, question and and I always, you know, I always call my driving entrepreneurial driving because I'm always thinking outside the square. The it sounds a little like Italy as well. Italy is the same way. But if it's like, if everyone's all right, and it didn't, no one got hurt. It's like, nah, it, there's a saying, they say, equilocqua. It is what it is. Don't worry about it. You know, I've seen guys in Italy kick each other's car and they get out of the car, they're like, eh, nah, and then they just drive off. I'm like, all right, you mate, you don't get that in Australia. I remember one day, I think I was parking and I just literally just touched someone like that. The guy got out, he lost his shit. He's yelling. I'm like, mate, first of all, nothing's wrong. Second of all, it's a car. Third of all, we're human beings. I'm like, well, what's what are you freaking out about? I said, mate, if you want, like, go get it fixed. Invoice me. Done. Like, here's my business card. Send it to me on email. Like I said, oh, I just don't want your negative energy. Like, whatever the amount is, is not going to be worth you ruining my Sunday. Like, I was on the way to a, a, a luncheon, and I was like, just don't ruin my day. Uh, and I and I actually said to him, and I this was true. I said, mate, I, I'm actually saddened that this has upset you so much because, like, I'm like. If this is upset you so much, God forbid when something bad really happens in your life, you're going to go over the edge. I said, you really need to go work on that. Anyway, ironically, I never heard from him again. He didn't, he didn't invoice me. So, like, there was no damage. Like, knowing him, the guy that I met that day, he probably went and got it looked at by panel beater. The panel beater's probably gone, like, what do you want me to do here? Like, the panel beater's probably gone, did he take a photo of it? I'm like, yeah, he, he did. So I took a photo of it. I'm like, man, there's nothing there. And the panel beater's probably gone to me. Oh, there's nothing to fix. Like I literally just touched him, like, oh that, and it was like the end of the world that happened. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I just want, to, I just want to pick up on something you said, um, <coughs> you know, because um, a, a few minutes ago about people's kind of role, and you mentioned something about international. Maybe it's we're meant to be doing things local, and that that has been a massive shift in my understanding and connection, I think, over the last 12 months because I've always been quite global in my thinking and my passion and, yeah. you know, all, most of my um, network is kind of overseas because I've been travelling around for the last five, six years and um, just even just in the last six months I, I've really, um, you know, surrendered and, and kind of been doing a lot of things locally but I'm not talking about, you know, establishing it just on a daily basis. Yeah. I and more I can see at the end of the day when you go oh my god that was actual actually magic what happened today like yes. what you're 
talking about about that car accident and meeting that guy. Maybe you were meant to meet that guy to, you know, plant that seed with him. Just to remind him that it's not so bad. Yeah, and and to think about you know maybe his anger management, but may, maybe just being grateful for life. Or I think we're kind of put in these different situations with these different people. It might be you know paying for the petrol at the petrol station. Yeah. But um and. There is so much magic happening on a daily basis and I think, you know, I've become aware of my own conditioning because I love to get shit done. I'm an action woman but actually it's sometimes when during COVID I've sat in the park for half a day um, staring at the trees and yeah. I've loved it And but so much has happened, you know, in that just sitting there doing nothing and, you know, the epiphanies or so it's... um. I think, you know, the more you go with the flow and, and you were talking before about, um, you know, I love your mantra, but your intention, it's very clear, is for the greater good, you know, to actually make a difference. And I think, I mean, I'm a great believer in everything is energy. And I think that the, the natural flow moves with people that have that vision of yeah. the greater good. So, yes, we're living in a world that is based around money. Uh, but I think, you know, my my journey has been quite different where I've, all, I've just had this burning desire always to make a difference. And that's what took me to Nepal. And, you know, and, and I've been so looked after monetary wise, like ridiculously, you know, because I think that you know, I think we're kind of moved past the time now of people just wanting their business for their own car and their own. It Correct. has to be out the greater good. The, the, it's interesting. So on, on that, first of all, sitting in the park, I do it all the time. Like I'm across the road from the water here and, and the park here, and that's where I was this morning. I think when we first logged on, I told you, you said, I look like I just got out of the ocean. I haven't gotten out of the ocean today, but I do sometimes go in the ocean. I do often. I'm a Piscean and my son's a Piscean. Um, and Kenyal's a Piscean, so like everyone's a Piscean around here. Um, <laughs> um, so number one, practice present moment awareness. Number two, embrace the uncertainty of life. Number three, let go of the outcome. So like, uh, you know, and, and then let's call it number four off the back of that, as you, you know, I think you're alluding to the word, there's like an element of living a life in abundance, right? So like, you're right, and look, I'm not going to lie. I have I have a lot of mortgages. Like I'm in I'm in high growth phase right now. I've invested into a lot of property and businesses and different things, and and so I uh, I still do need to get up and produce magic each day, right? And now I've got a, you know, a, a, you know, a, the mother of my son and also my son to provide for, um, and you know, and even though, you know. Camille and my son are very much like me. Like, you know, we I, I've been to Burning Man, I've done the Kokoda Trail in Papua New Guinea, summit of Nat Kinabalu. Like, I'm happy to sleep on the floor. As long as there's like a little piece of floor for me, I can do it. I go to when I go to Cambodia with the orphanages, I, I sleep often at the orphanages, not with the kids because of the the rules that you that are there, but often they'll give me like a classroom and I'll turn that into like a little bit of a sleeping quarters for everyone. So I've done that before. Um, I sit on the board for Seed Foundation Australia for Indigenous Education. I've been up to the remote areas up in, you know, towns around Palm Island and things and places like that. And, like, you're right, practice present moment awareness, embrace the uncertainty of life, let go of the outcome, and, you know, the law of abundance will come. You know, the law of reciprocation. You know, like, I, I think as long as your intentions are good. But what I will say, not to end it on a negative on that point, but there are a lot of people that still have not found any level of enlightenment. You know, like it's very, very, it breaks my heart to the point where 
you know, like some people, all that matters is the car they drive. All that matters is the clothes they wear. All that matters is the house they're in. And um, that, that hurts me sometimes. Like I think, especially Australians, because I go, we live in such a, such a time of prosperity where we should be so much more in tune with, uh, you know, how lucky we actually are. But they're sitting there, you know, ruining their family life or their relationships or their relationship with their children or, or their health so they can just make more money. And I'm like, what's, what's wrong with the car you've already got? Or what's wrong with taking a bus? You know, like I, I actually haven't owned a car since for seven years now. I don't own a car. I take the ferry every morning to work. And like someone at work did say to me once, like, you know, like not every morning, the mornings I go in. And someone actually said, they're like, you catch the ferry? And I'm like, yeah, sometimes I even catch the bus. You know, and they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, I meditate, I read, I'm alone. I don't take phone calls because I, I feel like it's, I don't want to be one of those rude people that it's like, yeah, 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 40 million Deutschmarks, let's sell them. Like, you know, I don't want to be one of those annoying people on, on, on public transit. So I just, I, I sit on the ferry uh, at, from Rose Bay to the CBD, it's like 14 minutes. I sit out on the hull of the boat and I meditate. Like yeah. some, it's the most, you've got one of the most picturesque harbors in the world that people would die to be here for, literally die in some countries and have put themselves on refugee boats to get here so their kids can see this harbor. And where, you know, and the, the thing that I don't think it kills me, there's people on, on the ferry, like heads in their phone stop and look at this beautiful city that we're so privileged to be on the water today you know so yeah anyway we just got to keep doing it Steph. we've got to keep doing what we're doing and uh, everyone's you know everyone's on their own um path and i think something that stuck with me that a, a guy called dr tony quinn i did one of his incredible like next level seminars um yeah a couple of years ago but something that stuck with me that he said was how caught up in yourself are you you know and i think Good. i like that I dr tony quinn he's um the best thing i've ever done in my life he's I mean, it really connected me up like never before right. but um but what you were just talking about reminded me of um a, a while ago i was catching you know um geographical what, what's it called um directions and the gps and yep. <laughs> is not my uh strongest um asset but we, orientation um, isn't your strongest that's right that navigation and orientation yeah, no i think that it would be because i've traveled so much but i caught i was catching a train home um a while ago and i got off at the wrong stop and i got off and i was like, shit where am i and so i was like oh god so i went you know outside the train station saw a bus stop and i'm standing at the bus stop and um i'm going i don't even know if this bus goes i haven't caught a bus in years and then i see a bus coming around northland shopping center and i was like oh yeah i wouldn't mind going to northland so i'm on the bus hey. mum was laughing her head off because she you know i'm so random she never knows where i am or what i'm doing yeah. and He's like, where are you? Oh, I'm just on a bus to Northland. She's like, what? That happened, correct? But you, you, you sometimes it's order to, or it's important to get lost in order to find yourself. Yes, yes. Yeah. So like when, when when I when I travel, generally look, and I someone did make a point. They said, now that you've got a baby, this might be different. And like they, they you know, to some respects, maybe they're right. Maybe it will be like I end up in the most obscure places, good, bad, and ugly. Right? I'm not gonna lie. So I've, I've I've ended up I've ended up like in the jungle of Thailand, like getting up to mischief, like with people that are not the kind of people you want to get lost with. But I was like I was 22, and I got back and I got photos with these guys, and they're like, 
you don't go with those sort of people. And I said, but like I found like an illegal casino in the middle of the, the Bangkok jungle, right? They took me to it. And I was like, how amazing is this? Like, well, no one gets to ever see this, right? And they're like, imagine you got raided by the military. Imagine they decided that they were just going to kidnap you. Like, and I'm like, but the difference was, you know what they did? They loved me. They were all buying me little Chang beards and they were all coming around and, and you know, I'm a big guy, so patting my tummy because in their culture, it's like, if you're a big guy, it means you're healthy and wealthy. Like, isn't it amazing how in the Western culture, we, we think if you're a big guy, you know, you're fat and you're ugly and you go to like, Thailand or Cambodia or um, you know Indonesia and they love you like they come around they're hugging you and they all want to pat your tummy and they think it's good luck and they, you you know you're going to bring prosperity to them and I'm like isn't it amazing how we have different perceptions of things in the world and I'm like I could I could live here guys I could definitely live here so anyway <laughs> so imagine I'm in an illegal casino in the middle of the Bangkok jungle everyone's trying to win money I look like a miniature Buddha but only with hair. They're like they're all coming. I was like their best friend. Nobody was going to hurt me because they were like, "This guy's going to bring us lots of luck. We need this guy." So anyway, it was good. So I've I've, I've had plenty of adventures there, and there's plenty more still to come. I can't wait yeah. for the day to take my son on some of those adventures. Oh, love it. So there's a few practical questions that I just want to ask right. you because you know, in regards to your work, because you've obviously seen obviously seen so many um, entrepreneurs or people wanting to make a go of it and. Yeah pursue their ideas so can you for, for, for people that are listening to this and might want to start their own business or yes. what are some of the patterns that you've seen what are some of the um places that people fall or what are, you know what do people need at the different stages of building yeah. a business so first of all uh, more is lost with indecision than wrong decision so if, if you if you know i'll say that again more is lost with indecision than wrong decision so the thing that breaks my heart is like we've got an event on june 8 i'm not sure if this will be out by then but if, if it is uh, email me and I'll send a link for people to be able to uh, to grab a ticket to the digital and a live event. Live event in Sydney with 500 people at a digital event, which we had 9,000 registered for our last one. And um, like, it's a Tuesday, right? This event, and it goes all day. It goes from like 10 till five. And if you come to the live event, there's drinks and canapes after it. If you do it digitally, obviously you can drink your, wine at, your own wine at home, right? So make you feel like you're a part of it. But it's like, I had someone the other day go to me, I told them you should come to this event. Like they're like, for the sake of the, I don't even know how much they are, I think they're like $50 a ticket we're charging, something like that, like nothing, right? They've always wanted to start their own business. And I said, oh, you should come to the June 8 event. And he pulls out his phone and he's like, looks and he scrolls down. He's like, it's a Tuesday. And I'm like, yeah, what's important? He's like, I've got to work. I said, wow, if you can't see that taking a day off your PAYG job that and, and being surrounded by Lorna Jane, um, who started Lorna Chain Fitness Wear, um, Larry Diamond, who started Dick Pay, Jack DeLosa, who started Entourage, Andrew Morello, Yellow Brick Road, and, and Jealous Craig and Entourage, um, Ross and David Fistooker, who sold Locomote for millions of dollars, um, Cheryl Pye from Cupcake Central. Like, if you can't see spending a day nourishing yourself and immersing yourself in business, if that's something that you really want to do, if you can't say that, you know, foregoing a day's pay, like, you know, even if you have to do leave without pay for one day, what are you going to make? Three, $400 in your job, 500, let's call it a thousand. Best case scenario, you're getting paid a grand a day. You must be, must be great at what you do. If you can't see more than a thousand dollars worth of value in that, then you probably shouldn't be in business. One, two, 
you're going to be talking about it for the next 20 years. So number one is more is lost with indecision than wrong decision. Number two is just, you know, I, I think start surrounding yourself and immerse yourself with the right people. You talked about it before, you know, there's a thing, proximity is power. I know that sounds a little bit too capitalistic, but it is, right? So like I was very lucky, surrounded by, you know, the Mark Burrises of the world, the Jerry Harveys, the John McGraths, the Geraldine Coxes, you know, from Sunrise Village, Cambodia, also Order of Australian Medal winner, right? So like, you know, I, I, I talk to her all the time because, she nourishes me not in a in a business way, but in a spiritual way and in a persistence way. Twenty five years rescuing children from child prostitution and begging circles, right? Like I take that nourishment and that uh, persistence, and then I go and take that into my business world, right? And then last but not least is resilience. You know, like if you have a go, sometimes you're going to fail. So if you fail, fail quickly and have another crack, right? And and you know if you're ever going to you know, I know that you've got a global audience, but if you're in Australia and you're watching this, like we live in the greatest country in the world. Like there's so many grants right now. Like you've got half a chance or half an idea. Go out there, speak to you who you need to speak to and give it a go. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think at this time more than ever, people are building communities around them of like-minded people. Yes. Um, a lot of different ideas on uh, what is at play behind COVID and what we're creating as the new. So uh, you've probably seen uh, lots of different communities form. What would your what, what have you seen work really well with people that are building communities? Uh, yeah, so, in, and I've seen it in a, in a cross-reference, you know, obviously online communities have become massive. Um, you know, like if you had told me we were going to run a, a digital event with 9,000 people registered, I would have told you were crazy. Like, well, we... We were not a digital-based business uh, at the entourage, but certainly we're, we're doing it world-classly now. Um, I would argue that if you, you're looking to create a community, it needs to be with, um, you know, with, uh, you know, values-driven and 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 heart-filled intent. Like I think, you know, if you go and if you're going to build a community to monetize it straight off the bat, like people, like you know, it's taken us 11 years to to turn entourage into a you know, a very successful, financially successful community. It was very much prior. So like, you know, within our members now, there's probably $700 million worth of revenue between them all, um, you know, doing business with each other in 11 countries, right? So like, obviously we're doing something right, but like, you know, when we started, when we were 24, actually, when we were 24, we started a thing that was called the Unconvention and it was Australia's, so we're about to have another Unconvention in, in June 8th. It was Australia's largest event for entrepreneurs under 30. And then what happened was like we started to realize we were getting older. And we're like, what happens when we turn 30? So we had to drop that off. Like, you know, we were like, oh, we, what happens when we're 30? We can't go to our own events anymore. So the reality is, is like we, 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 we started because we wanted to give back to the entrepreneurial community and that we believed in them. And, um, you know, I think that's got to be your intent. Get, get your, here we go. Here's the perfect piece of advice. Get your vision mission and values right. If you get those three things right, the community will come and the monetization will come. And in terms of, you know, because it's very different, obviously, offline than online. Yes. In terms of a lot of people, you know, scroll their phones and they're, they're seeing so much and they might, you know, a lot of people see stuff and don't like or comment or yep. um, how did you go about engagement? What When did you see your engagement really kick off? I'm not going to lie. In real, the solid engagement comes from getting back face to face. It does. So, like the quality of the conversations and the quality of the relationships you have with people are back. And hence the reason why we're back on tour. Like we did Townsville, we did Terrigal, we did Melbourne a couple of weeks ago. We 
We're doing uh, Byron Bay, Ballina, Port Macquarie over the next couple of months. Um, uh, so face to face, I still reckon nothing beats it. But you can, you can, if you are going to do digital stuff, you've got to keep in mind people have an element of Zoom fatigue now, right? They do. You have to have an element of there's a lot of noise out there, so you really need to be doing something different. Um, and and I think it's really really important that if you are going to do digital. Um, that you you've, you've got a strong message. It needs to be a strong message. It's something that's got cut through, right? And and at times can be controversial. You know, like we we when we were building our community, we we probably wouldn't do it as much now. But like we pissed off the universities. Now Jack and I both lecture at universities all around Australia, so we 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 put that to bed. It's a little bit like Mark Burris when he started Yellow Brick Road. It was all about like let's beat the banks, you know. But once you you know once you you sort of you do that for cut through and then. Now you collaborate with the banks because they not they don't want to help everyday Australians, right? But if you can be the vehicle, the facilitator, then great. Same with the universities now. Like they they see us as like a conduit for them. Like they go, okay, well, they're gonna to pay to do a let's call it twelve and a half thousand dollar program for twelve months with you, and then they'll pay, you know, some sometimes somebody will pay eighty grand to go do an MBA or something like that, right? So, you know. Yeah, amazing. Um, you thanks for reminding me of this super random thing that I did. You know, before when you mentioned that people need to have skin in the game. You know, if it means take a day off work, if you really want, how yeah. much do you want it? You know, you've you've got to kind of take some initiative and um, get some skin in the game. But when you were talking about the petrol stations um, at the beginning and that your dad used to run, and I remember um, first when we were selling the seven women products that the women were making in Nepal, I I had no idea what I was doing. I had these container loads coming. For the products that they were making, more and more women were starting to work for us in Nepal and I was thinking, holy moly, I have to, like, drum up some business here for people to actually buy these products. Otherwise, my you parents... Had, you had skin in the game, correct? You had skin in the game. Yeah, yeah. And I remember, you know, just you'd see opportunity everywhere, you know, and you'd get you're really lit up by it. And I was driving past this... Um, tiny petrol station that's still there owned by a Sri Lankan couple in um, just West Heidelberg here. And I, I always had products in my boot. So yeah. I went into the, the service station and I said, um, would you ever just put a little, you know, thing of scarves here? I can give you yeah. 10 or 20 to begin with. And I was paying the women, you know, materials and the wages $10. And by the time it got here, you know, the cargo, 10 bucks. And then I'd be like, and you can have $5 off each scarf and we can have $5. <laughs> So I passed the petrol station. I'm like, I'm so grateful for people like that that kind of said yes. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Five dollars, you know, and some of the finger puppets, like you make a dollar profit off a finger puppet, yeah. and, you, and and so it's um you, you know always remember and really you know love and grateful for those people at the start that were just like yes, let's do it. It's a beautiful. I think that's a nice little bow around today's conversation. You're right. You know, live your life in gratitude appreciate where you come from and uh, and always keep always keep you know there's an element of always keep hustling right if you've got a purpose and you know keep your product in your car always ask someone a question do you want to be on my podcast do you want to come to this event do you want to get involved in our community like there's no harm in asking you exactly thanks so much for your energy and your golden nuggets and um just you're awesome and it's been a fantastic conversation i'm sure everyone listening uh will my take pleasure. 
And, so, and yeah, uh, uh, what we'll do is, uh, if the email will send a couple of links that you could attach to this as well, if anyone wants to uh, to get in touch or, or um, some you know discount codes for any of the events or anything like that. And, and obviously, if anyone wants to hit me up on Instagram at Andrew Morello or on LinkedIn, Andrew Morello. So they'll, they'll find me there. Um, thank you so much. Keep doing all the amazing things you're doing. I, I look forward to uh, catching up in Melbourne with you over a latte or a wine. You can choose. Um, <laughs> I'll even come over your side. I don't know, the nicer areas. So they'll actually make you come to Moody Ponds and see where Moody Ponds is now. So, you know, what it's like now. So there we go. Um, but thank Thanks. you so much and appreciate well, your time today as well. And I'll put those details in your bio as well for right. this podcast. Beautiful. So thank you, Ian. Thank you. Oh. Thanks for listening to our Inspiring Humans podcast and I hope you enjoyed the show. If you have any inspiring human in mind that you would like to nominate, please reach out and let us know. Also, you're very welcome to become part of our Facebook group called Inspiring Humans where you can connect with incredible people from around the globe. Uh, Thirdly, if you are interested in being part of a global network, we have an incredible community at sevencontinentscouncil.com where we hold events, programs and many different initiatives that you can be involved in. Thank you and see you again soon.